MSW Media. Hi, I'm Francis Callier. I'm Angela V. Shelton. We are Frangel and welcome to The Final Word. The Final Word with Frangela. Frangela. The Final Word. 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 Thank you for joining us here. Oh, I like that at the end of a very C3PO. Um, tell me I wasn't completely fanned out, couldn't take it, when Mark Hamill told told Allison Gill of Muller She Wrote, right? MSW Media, who we are now, we are on that that lovely platform as well as Sexy Liberal, uh, that the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network also. She was saying on Twitter one day, very recently. That she, you know, she wanted to be followed by Mark Hamill. Mm-hmm. And so we tweeted, we're putting that out into the force girl. And then Mark Hamill tweeted, if you're Frangela approved, I have no choice. Bam! <laughs> Couldn't tell me shit. The force is strong with us, everybody. Just strong just, with just, us. Just, just keep on, keep on being here with Frangela, and I want you to know that the force is strong with all mm-hmm. of us. Who's your daddy, Luke? <laughs> Who's your daddy, Frangela? <laughs> Luke. That's what I'm saying. So we are very excited. Thank you for joining us here and on MSW Media, yes, which rocks. Yes, Please yes. check out all the podcasts. Download, subscribe, and review with the, with the maximum number of stars because that's what they all deserve. Yes, yes, yes. We want to thank everybody who's become a Patreon this month, especially the month of uh, of, of Black History Month. We mm-hmm. we we started off rough, y'all. It's been a shit fucking month. I don't <laughs> mind saying it, but the bright spot for Are me you? is doing this podcast and all of you and getting to talk to you. And you remember to write us at frangelo 8 at gmail.com yeah. and, and let us know how you're doing. We think we talk about you. And I don't we mean do. that like in a gossip, like we talk about you. Mm-hmm. I mean, like if we haven't heard from you for a minute, we, we, well, Francis the other day was like, I don't, it's, we haven't heard from Gary C in a minute. So we like, yeah. you know what I mean? So like, we want to hear from you. Yes, we so do. Let us know what's going on. And we want to thank you. And you're the thing that keeps us, um, sane, sane and fed to be perfectly <laughs> yes. honest. You know, so thank you. We appreciate you. You can also get a personalized video from Cameo from us. Just go to Cameo.com, put in Frangela, and we'll do a specialized video for you. That's and right. you can always catch us every Friday morning on the third hour of the Stephanie Miller Show for the Black Power Hour. And what happens, Angela? That is where Stephanie Miller becomes Stephanie Mills, and Stephanie <laughs> Mills becomes Stephanie Miller and finds herself hiking and biking for reasons unknown. It's it's beautiful. It's it is beautiful. a beautiful thing, and it's about unity. All right, well, let's get started with this bullshit. Uh, <laughs> <I can't. laughs> what did we say? Not three weeks ago, I think. I don't yeah. even think it's a month ago. We, did we not say Putin is a pimp? And if you don't act like you're dealing with a bad pimp, what? Here we are. Here we are. Putin sends trip troops into breakaway Ukraine regions. You know, and. And this is what I love because our president, Biden, has 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 upped his pimpdom. I'm just gonna yes. say. Yes. You know, he's this is what he said. He was like, look, 
I, I know the, you know, the okie doke you about to try to pull. All right. Mm -hmm. You're going to try to uh, put forth these erroneous videos saying that that one video of the trains (laughs) pulling away looks so like a toy train. It's kind of insulting. Have you seen that one? And the smoky shack. Yeah. They look like claymation, (laughs) like the lowest, like the (laughs) level of cartooning we could do. You know what I mean? Like, like, literally, I think I hear somebody in the background going, choo, choo. It's, it looks so fake, Francis. It looks so fake. But I, here's the thing. I appreciate it because I don't want him harming people. You know, when they talked about the uh, preschool being bombed yeah. by U- Ukraine, I was like, please don't show me dead children. Please don't show, don't, don't have gone in there and shelled children and people. So I will take their propaganda videos. Well, I will I will take it because I don't want to see dead people. But maybe that's maybe that's the problem, though, because I think that if this the the more that we the fact is the way that we this conflict has been talked about and we've brought this up before is as if it's just happening now. But these people have been in this war. There are 14000 people already dead. That's right. From this. They have been fighting off the Russian troops for years. You know, yes. and so it's maybe we need to see that because we don't seem to. I'm what I'm running into, and I saw it on CNN. You know, I can't watch those other people, but like, um, I, but I hear I've read the articles about it over and over again. People saying, "Why should we care? Why should we care about what's going on in the Ukraine?" And I'm like, maybe that is part of the problem with not showing us the shelled elementary or kindergarten. Maybe yeah. that is part of the problem. Well, at the at the end of the day. Having a ground war so close to Europe in a country, you know, I was watching Malcolm Nance on MSNBC last night, listening to him talk about that they, you know, the potential of of, of Moscow coming in and bombing, a, you know, a country of 42 million people and, and reducing it to rubble, the, the amount of harm that can come from this is massive. Yeah. And and on the other hand, to sanction Russia means a lot of financial hurt and burden for Europeans. Mm-hmm. You know, uh Germany At a time is, when nobody can really take the hit. I mean, we're all right. we're all that's I have right. to remind myself daily when I when, when I get into my three o'clock, why are you broke shame spiral? It's mm-hmm. like it's like it's there's no work. Like it's you know yeah. <laughs> like the we've you know the pandemic and and trying to survive that and trying to survive and renegotiate a, an economy that doesn't really know what to do exactly yet. Yeah, the the economic sanctions, you're not just, it doesn't just affect, it doesn't affect just the people you want it to affect. Right, right. And and at the end of the day, the Russian people are who these sanctions are going to affect. It's not going to affect the Putin's day to day. He's going to be rich all day long. He's going to have resources all day long, right? But the people will hurt. And um, the people in Germany will hurt because the Nord Stream 2 pipeline is going to be shut down. And that means, and they rely on a lot of that energy, you know, Mm -hmm. and they're trying to, you know, distance themselves from that, but not yet. President Biden responded by signing an executive order on Monday of this week, blocking trade and investment by Americans in the two separatist enclaves, which... 
if we uh, just for a moment to, to address this whole separatist enclave issue, I in in my watching of various news programs and various people on the ground there in Ukraine, what's become clear to me is that Crimea, that each of these regions that they're calling separatists are very different, yeah. and that the Donbas or um, the, the whole Crimea situation, there are a lot of Russian speaking people, and that's a maybe a different situation. The other areas that they call that Russia that Putin is calling separatists are actually places that they have occupied yes. and that are not not necessarily at all aligned with Russia in any way, the people there, but they have been under occupation and, and are still are. And so that, you know, these are not necessarily republics that actually are areas that actually want to be a part of Russia. They have, they're being controlled. Right. And he's got strong men who agree with him in those positions. Exactly. That, but that does not necessarily mean the people. Right, which is what he's trying to say and trying Putin's trying to paint this as a human rights violations against Russians in those areas. Yeah. And that's we I mean Biden everybody keeps saying it and I will say this about Biden's pimpdom. Here's the problem for us and you've just outlined it. Then what do you do? Right. Because the reality is you do have to you do have to make some sort of economic fallout for this, that you can't allow this government to continue to do business while they do this. So that right. does have to, I think just in just on GP have to happen. And, and but that doesn't seem to have any real effect on him. Like he knows that's coming. Right. He, now, he may not have realized that the rest of Europe might align, but. He can't. You don't pull back 150,000 troops because Germany, other people decide to sign on to some sanctions. So what do you do? Because he knows we've got like what 5,000 troops on their way there or in the area now. Mm -hmm. Then they got 150,000, close to 200,000 now. That's what I'm saying. What are we gonna? And we already know that the UN and nobody they have rules to not engage. So what? What are you going to? What are we all going to really do? Right. Are we prepared? To really smack him down because I'm reminded of the scene and I believe it is the first Godfather, mm-hmm. but it might be Godfather too. No, no, no. It isn't the Godfather. What am I saying? It's um, the untouchables. Okay. Where Al Capone, go, he like goes around the table mm-hmm. with the baseball bat. Yeah. With all the people, all of his little, his lieutenants and mm-hmm. you don't know. And then suddenly he bashes in the brains of the one guy. Yeah. I am, I'm creating a metaphor. <laughs> a metaphor an analogy imagery that i want you to so think of Biden as al capone yeah and bastion brains guy as putin right well that's yeah. not, and i'm not saying bastion's brain in physically or really but how do you achieve that right. messaging well that is what the other aspect that people in i've i've read from people in the ukraine which is saying that this fight is not between this is where i have a problem they they keep saying this fight is not between russia and ukraine it's between russia and the united states yes. but at the end of the day you you the bitches is about to get ass fucked yeah and i i also think that that is uh, that that is a very U yes U.S. centric view because I actually don't yes that's an added part of this but the reality is the Ukraine is where all the, the riches are like yeah. the Ukraine is a very good prize yes. and they've been wanting it and resentful of having lost it you know Putin wants the Soviet Union back so yeah. like it like it, he, they've been resentful of losing those resources since they lost them so there are reasons to want don't don't take agency away from from Putin or the Ukraine you know exactly like, like they, exactly. this is a valuable territory outside of a annoying the United States. 
they've done a great job of annoying us just through, you know, computer garbage, you know, yeah. like they don't really have to work that we're annoyed as fuck. We had an insurrection in large part, thanks to their infiltration and, and fucking around with our social media in our election. In our elections. Absolutely. Speaking of social media, Trump's truth social platform launched. Okay. I, you know, but I like you. I, I kind of call bullshit on the use of the word launched. And I have to call bullshit on the word use of the word truth. Okay. Who oh yeah, fu- that's a bad one. Yeah. I mean, if God could really would really strike you down where you lie, all yeah. these people would have been electrocu- electrocuted. Former uh, President Donald Trump's long rumored social media platform, Truth Social, <laughs> made its debut. Uh, Monday of this week and properly became its top social media networking app. But the launch was marred by widespread glitches and thousands long waiting lists to join. Many hopeful users received error messages upon signing up. And of course, that's Devin Nunez's uh, brainchild. I can't believe it. Are you suggesting that <laughs> Devin Nunez, like, that, that, that it isn't work, that he's not stewarding this expertly? <laughs> Mr. Taking an Uber, you know, what are all they, over DC? Totally, totally. One of the best things that uh, I heard about the uh, observation about this is this is not going to do what Trump w- needs it to do because when when he was on Twitter, he had access and everyone else had access to him. On his own social platform, he's in a silo. Yeah. There's nobody else unless you go on there and and to go and troll him. Right. It's an echo chamber. It's an echo chamber. Yeah. But the thing is, we all know it's not going to function ever. <laughs> because if it were easy to put up Twitter, there'd be a bunch of Twitters. It's That's not that what? easy, you know? Yeah. And this is not the group of people that you send to do not easy things. Like, that's just like... like you don't, can you imagine you on lost on the island and somebody goes, we need to try to set up this really not easy thing. And somebody goes, oh, send Devin. That's not, gonna, that doesn't make any kind of sense. No kind of sense. No kind of sense. But, you know, hopefully this will mollify him and let him get his Twitter fingers back or his truth fingers back. You know what? I think the, the point of it, you know, this one, this one reporter who was trying to get on just, and I do wonder how many of these people are reporters trying to get on. Exactly. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Exactly. But like that. What they said was what he was uh, or they were most um, interested in was the concept of how many people seem to be willing to be on a waiting list. Mm-hmm. It was close to a half a million people, I think, that were. And here's the thing. I don't know if you can trust those numbers. I don't know that those numbers have any basis in reality, because what I don't put past them at all is for everybody to get the same message. Your 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 number, you know, three hundred and forty seven thousand sixteen to get right. on. Like, I have no that 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 is absolutely the thing is that. They are continually, what I do know is that Trump's end game is always his ego and then his money. Yep. So if he can't get the adoration he wants out of this, then he will get the money. And if it's about getting more donations and people, that's all it will end up being is an echo chamber with a a COD or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, that's it. Right. Well, you know, that's what I think of this is, you know, a way, another way to still and shepherd money out of people's pockets. Yeah, it's, it's home shopping crazy. Yep, exactly. How can I buy my crazy from home? Here you yep. go. Click, click. Colombian court decriminalizes abortion for up to 24 weeks. Colombia. 
this is really important. You know, and a friend of my friend Dan brought this up this la- the other night, last night to me, because I want you to understand this is a country that is something like over 90 some percent Roman Catholic. That's right. Okay. This, these are Catholic Mexico. These are countries that due to religious imperialism, if you ask me, um, have an over, have a huge minority. My, I'm sorry, majority. What am I saying? Of, of people who subscribe to, to the Catholic church, which is of course, against abortion. And so this is a huge deal. Yeah. Colombia followed Mexico and Argentina to become the third country in Latin America to decriminalize the procedure all in the past 14 months. Abortion rights advocates are seeking to capitalize on the momentum to push for loosening abortion laws elsewhere in the region. Crowds of abortion rights supporters celebrated outside the court in Bogota, uh, shouting, abortion in Colombia is legal. Meanwhile, here... Right. Here we are, we are sicking our neighbors on, you know, women to call them in and report them to the Gestapo. I'm sorry, Francis, it's the Gaspacho. It is the Gaspacho. I, I, that was really embarrassing. I want to apologize. It's, <laughs> it's Gaspacho. But also, I, this is, you know, and I was trying to think about, like, why would this be? You know, this country, we, we love to think of ourselves as progressive and as, a, you know, the first world, right? Yeah. And we're moving ahead on issues. And here we are moving backwards on that, you know, and this, this real authoritarian fascist push, this anti-woman, this anti-equal rights push. And, and literally, there are candidates, Republican candidates running for office right now talking about getting rid of contraception. Yes. And and that, like, that's where we're at over here. So you look at these countries and you go, that are so much more conservative, you we believe, and they're making these. And I wonder how much of that is a reaction to what's happening in the United States. Because we look crazy. Yeah. And how many people came to the United States to get abortions? Yeah. How many, you know, and, now, and, and what is, and, and the reality of... You know, there was a podcast I listened to. I think it's, I think it was the criminal podcast, and I, I don't remember the na- exact name of the episode, but they had a great episode on this network of doctors and nurses and religious, like ministers and priests, and um, throughout New-, New England, really, but who organized safe abortions for women when abortion was illegal. Yeah. And they, they were, they helped like thousands, like tens of thousands of women get abortions. And these were literally priests and, and, and religious leaders who started it, this underground network, because they said they, this, they basically, their mission statement was because it was secret. So they, it's not like they published this, but in the interviewing and looking at the, the history of it, what they said was they realized that they weren't serving their flock. They weren't serving their congregation if they didn't do something about women not having access to health care in the form yeah. of abortion and contraception. Let me, and that's it, amazing. It, it's amazing. Here's the deal. You know, you think about priests sitting in the confessional and what they hear. You know, what they hear women going through, what they hear, the secrets of young girls, you know, again, all you have to do, you know, if you go, you know, like my experience of going to an all girl high school and you you did too, the Mm -hmm. amount of worry of young girls being pregnant. And when they were, I just cannot, I cannot express that deep enough. Yeah. It's not all Juno. No, it's not. And and I'm not kidding how many girls I heard, I watched 
or heard talk about throwing themselves down the stairs mm-hmm. at school. And every time I saw somebody fall downstairs, I always wondered, huh. you know, are they trying to, was this a girl trying to hurt herself and cause a miscarriage? And there's got to be a better way than to do that on a, on a flight of marble stairs, you know, because that's not health care. That's not that's not fair and it's not healthcare when rich women have access and can go and go fly anywhere and Thank get you. and get access. That's the problem. You always going to have access to abortion care if you got enough money. Yep. And that's not yeah. equality. <laughs> you it's know? not equality. It's not equality. Studies indicate COVID-19 booster w- could provide years of protection. Listen up to those of you who are not boosted. I know, I know it may feel like you don't want to go out and get another shot, but hear this. A range of new studies suggest that a COVID-19 booster shot may provide protection against future variants for many months, even years, y'all. Okay. So if there's, I, uh, what'd you go say? No, I'm just saying I am, I am, I am really blown by the fact that we still have people who are not getting vaccinated and who are not getting boosted at the rates we do. Because, for example, I found out yesterday, a girl I went to elementary school and high school partly, partially with, um, just by accident, we, she another friend brought her up and was like, what happened to this woman? Um, and we found out that she t- died two weeks ago from COVID. Oh, and no. that she got it from her husband that and that neither of them were vaccinated. And um, she's a black woman in Detroit. She has four children. They're all, I believe, adults, grown. Um, but two weeks ago, and and we've had these vaccines now. We're on to boosters. We're on to do you yeah. get another boost booster? And it's it's there's yeah. just no excuse for it. And 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 I, I cannot be okay with the ignorance and the willful abuse of each other and our own lives, the selfishness and the cruelty to self. It it is you know this lack of of. Uh, if you are a person who, especially I look at people who talk about their faith or b- their belief in God, th- then your life is sacred. You are, you know, and, and do you not owe it? And whatever creator you believe in the respect, you know, of, of treating it and those of the lives around it as sacred and valuable. And then for me, for somebody who maybe doesn't have a higher power, doesn't view the world through that lens, it's, you know, life is for living, you know, and that we really do owe each of that. I am blown away. And when we when we read really, really wonderful news, like although these vaccines were not made to deal with variants, what they're seeing is that they with the boosters that they actually seem to be like they might be very good yeah. at helping protect you from new variants. Yeah, that's amazing amazing news and an amazing science at work and and just to skew it like to pay no attention to it science can't work if you don't allow it to work that's right information is simply information until you do something that acts upon it you know what i'm saying and it is our responsibility you have a responsibility to yourself and to your society to keep yourself safe and do the things that, but but here's the thing, Angela. We got we have people who won't do really basic things to help themselves out. So it doesn't shock me actually that people won't 
allow this piece of information in. I just think that they've become more entrenched here. And I think yeah. and I meant to pull this out in my, I have a book of uh, work, my work woke book mm-hmm. where I take, you know, Francis knows I like to read studies yes. and uh, this great study that uh, about why, about all of the different processes that we, that work in our mind to get us, keep us entrenched in some behaviors that ultimately aren't good for us and, um, or that we don't even like. And the idea of how this, this, this idea of vaccination, of masking, of, you know, all the mitigating things we can do to try to protect each other and our neighbors from this virus, how that thinking has been co-opted because of an agenda of having people attach their identity yep. to these choices. And when you, once you've attached your identity to a choice, once I've said, and, and I believe me, I'm going to use this example because it's, I've run into it. People who say Ohio state is the shit and Michigan ain't ain't nothing right and they mean, mean it. it and i mean and i mean it mean it to their core to their core to their it, core it is the thing that got a man beaten into brain damage at dodger stadium yep. it is the thing you know like that when people when the attachment happens and unfortunately and that's a lame way to put it i don't i hate to use that word but a wrong way to put it um the last administration trump sort of i think accidentally stumbled upon it and then made it a a, a whole prospectus the, the they tied Trump I successfully tied identity to not masking. He tied yeah. your masculinity to it, your superiority to it, your smartness to it, your individuality to it. And now it feels intractable. Like it feels like we cannot separate people because when you say to somebody, everything about you is wrong, they stop listening. Yep. You know, they can't, ha- they have to defend and they entrench themselves. Yes. And, and let me tell you something. Everything about them is wrong. Well, this is why I go, <laughs> you hold the motherfuckers down and stick them the fuck anyway and this is why i have to say yet again y'all need to be happy i'm not in charge y'all need to be happy because i'm putin with a cuter face i will fuck it and, and i mean in this way I, there is no got the mandated let me tell you something i one of my massive memories i was you know if you didn't know this about me when i grew up i was a jackrabbit when it came to getting a shot Okay. Oh, really? Oh my God. Okay, I was... did you move fast? Because oh. my Francis don't move some fast. So this makes me want to get a syringe and see what happens. Let me tell you something. I was the kind of kid that they would have to bring six nurses in to hold me down. Okay, I don't. I became irrationally strong. Francis and is crazy. under five feet tall. <laughs> so when you start talking about six nurses, yeah. You got that crazy strength. I got that crazy strength. And I would pop up and run. They, I would pop up, slip <laughs> out, and run down the hall and try to get out the building every oh time. Oh, my goodness. I did not know this. So I never, I'll never forget. So that was me regularly at the doctor's office. Because to me, to put a needle in me was like the biggest affrontery, okay, that you mm. were going to put a needle in me. Then I remember in third grade, we had vaccinations at school and they came for me. They sent like a, a eighth grader. I slipped, I slipped past that first one. <laughs> then they sent four and they, Damn. they grabbed this me. It doesn't by, seem <laughs> like it's actually something they should have done. I'm just going to. They grabbed me one. They each had a wrist and somebody and the other ones had ankles. Oh, and this is took me to get this vaccine. And what I'm saying is, 
even then, and I was screaming, I was like, you've got to call my parents. You've got to call my parents. Here's the deal. They still shot my ass up up and in then, there. And then they called your parents, right? And they then, gave you the shot and then they called your parents. They sent a note home saying that I was uncooperative. <laughs> okay. It's very Wentworth. I like I just feel like using other children to hold you down is wrong. I'm telling and yet, you. It sounds like it was effective. It was. But but here's the thing. Back then. You didn't have I could I couldn't talk myself out of that. There was no there was no uh you know well, nobody cared what you had to say. Nobody about cared. It. Did I nobody tell you cared. how many procedures and things happened to me that I was never informed of even while they were doing them? Like that is I mean, we come from a generation of sit the fuck down in the chair, shut up. It's not your choice. So I'm not saying that that is what we need to do, but the reality here is that I, I start looking at things like for example, I don't know a single person in this country who didn't take that stimulus money. Yeah. Now, here's my thing. You do another stimulus, tie it to vaccinations. That's right. That's you right. do another child credit, tie it to getting you and your child vaccinated. Yep. And see, and like, see, see, yep. see if we can get some movement in that direction. Because if you're not going to mandate it in any other way, then start attention because these people are drains on the system. Let's 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 try another strategy, because for all their bullshit talk about Biden, the economy's bad. All of those mofos cash those checks. Every one of them. And, and we still are looking at one third of the American population that is refusing vaccination. We have some a letter to read when we get to uh, yeah. emails that I want to go over there. But really quickly, um, stand your ground laws tied to 11 percent homicide increase. Uh, the data suggests that these laws, which allow people to respond with deadly force instead of retreating from an, an attacker, might have resulted in hundreds of additional homicides nationally every year might have i'm gonna go with a straight up dead yeah People, you know proponents want to say that the laws deter violence but the evidence shows the opposite effect and, and you realize they're using this increased crime as a suggestion that there should be more stand your ground laws and that there right. should be more policing and that there should be more when really the problem is those people that's right and the reason why i we talked about that is Ahmad Arbery's killers were found guilty on all counts in federal hate crime trial. Hey. And, you know, and I'm glad. I am glad because it, it, it shouldn't take all of this to know and understand that these people were, this was a lynch mob. And I have to say this, Francis, and I love me some um, Charlie Pierce. It's Charlie Pierce who was on Mama, I believe. I can't remember if it was today or sometime this week. I think it was yesterday, maybe. And he, they were talking about the sentence because the sentencing happened while they were on air, I believe. Mm -hmm. um, or the not sentencing, the, the verdict. Mm -hmm. and, and he said, you know, it's a little, yeah, it's gilding the lily because, you know, they've already, they already have life sentences, but gilded lilies are beautiful. Yeah. And I will say it hit me the wrong way. Because mm. I was like, I do not believe that prosecuting people for a hate crime that they absolutely committed. I do not believe that prosecuting three people who hunted down and lynched a man for being black, who watched him die and threatened him and he had to go for, for five minutes, who gunned him down in the street. I do not believe that's gilding the lily. No, it is not. 
It is. It is. That's just dessert. And I do not believe that that is that is overdoing justice, which is what that statement says. And I don't believe that he. This is a good man. I don't believe he meant this statement to be as utterly offensive as it was in that moment to me when I heard it because I was like, fuck you. Like, mm. that's not gilding. This is called justice. And you, uh, whatever, they need to be charged with every single thing they did and found guilty of them all. And I don't care how deep and long that sheet is. All of these things are true. Hate crimes are crimes against all of us. It's like killing a cop. The reason that, they, that killing a cop is treated as different as a much more extreme crime is the thought being that if you're willing to kill a cop, then you're willing to kill anyone. So you That's become right. a greater danger to everybody because these are this protected special class of people who have guns, who have authority, and who we all know it's extremely hard to prosecute. Yeah. So if you're, if you, but if you allow a group of people to get away with maybe getting convicted of murder, of lynching black people, and you don't charge them with the hate crime, which is the federal level, all because you're that's doing, the state, all, yeah, all you're doing is encouraging people Thank to continue you. this behavior. Uh, the prosecutor. This is a quote. He said, this wasn't about trespassing. It wasn't about neighborhood crime. It was about race, racial assumptions, racial resentment, and racial anger. All three defendants saw a black man in their neighborhood and they thought the worst of him. And not only did they think the worst of him, they felt that they had the right to do the worst thing to him just yeah. by being black. And that, and, and you are not, and here's the thing, you're not going to, we don't have patrols. I just finished reading Kindred, right? Mm -hmm. Which is about, you know, slavery and patrols and what have you. And we don't have, put uh, slave patrols in this country anymore. We have the police. We have the, and we have the police, but we don't have, you know, regular citizens and we shouldn't, we shouldn't encourage regular citizens to believe they have the right. Well, the, here we control. are, Kyle Rittenhouse. That's what right. What is Kyle Rittenhouse? That's right. Which is why we just read the central ground laws being tied to 11% homicide increase. It's exactly right. that. We are empowering disempowered, excuse my language, cis white males who have a bone to pick about where they land in this world and want to take it out on brown people. And I, I will say they're not, they have a perception of being disempowered. They are in no way That's actually right. That's right. That's right. And that is our final word. And now it's time for emails, emails. Time to go get your emails. Oh, yeah. I did it for you. Yay. I did oh, it for you. Happy. Look at that. That was wonderful. Thank you. Yes, yes. You read this first one? Because yes. I Yes. Okay. This first email is from uh, Quay M. Thank you very much. It says, hi, Francis. I've been a Steph head for over 15 years. I love you guys. I heard you say on Steffi today that you have diabetes. Yes, I do. I am now 67 and have, di have had, had diabetes for a very long time. It developed into kidney disease and heart disease and neuropathy. I am so sorry. sorry. Um, I want to congratulate you for losing weight since that is such an excellent tool in fighting against diabetes. It has become nearly impossible for me to lose weight due to insulin. Yeah, girl, it is hard. 
Um, also, please get your heart and kidneys checked regularly so you can detect problems in the early stages. I love your comedy and good sense. I wish someone had warned me about diabetes complications before I was suddenly experiencing problems. Diabetes is a serious disease. Please do your homework. Love you, Quay. Isn't Thank called you, the Silent Quay. Killer? Yes. Yes. Because a lot of us, this is when they talk about, and one of the things I've been, I feel like it's doesn't get addressed is when people talk and we're talking about COVID-19 and people who are more cis who have comorbidities. And I hear, I've heard a lot of different people say, well, you know, the, the, the population that has comorbidities, I think there's an entire population that isn't aware that it has comorbidities. Yes. I think there's an entire population of this country that does not know that they have diabetes, that does not know that they have heart disease because we don't have preventative and um, not sick care yeah. in this country. We don't, people don't get regular exams or, checkups they go and they have a problem and with a lot of these issues by the time you start having the symptoms you it's you're well in and there's not a lot that can be done to address some of it right and and it doesn't get caught early enough like uh, i have lupus and like by the time francis i remember i sat down with francis after i went and had this first diagnosis and i was like kind of confused by it because i was like i don't know how this happened and i didn't notice it and then i read you like the list of things that they said were ha happened that are symptoms and you were like actually you've had all of these just not all at once like if i woke up one day and all of these things had happened together right. i would have gone to the doctor but each of them happened at different points kind of regularly but i didn't really notice it and then suddenly there was one that was too much for me and that sent me to a doctor and by that time i mean there's you know and with things like diabetes, he's absolutely right that these these diseases don't just stay at one level. No. They get worse and start really affecting organs. So please get if go get whatever checkups or exams you are. Don't be so sure that you don't have that you're just tired. That could right. be a fatigue that comes from something. Well, and that was the thing too for me with diabetes is is that I. I, you know, we get used to feeling run down or tired yes. or not feeling well. And that becomes an, a normal status for one. And I didn't know I was diabetic until I ended up in the hospital for several days. And I was like, oh, oh, and I didn't know I had high blood pressure until then. And yeah. the doctor was like, yeah, you need to be on medication. And yes, Losing weight did put it in remission, but I still have it. Yeah, but it's that's the thing. It's definitely doing. We're so glad that you're getting your help. Yeah. Um, this is from Susie S. She said, "Hey everybody, I just wanted to thank you for taking COVID seriously and for knowing that it is not over because it is not over. I am double vaxxed and boosted. I tested positive at the beginning of February, and now I am on day twenty-one of symptoms." I'm still sleeping over 10 hours a night. My back and neck hurt. Sometimes my jaw hurts. Sometimes my heel hurts and my hips hurt constantly. And I, I had a lot of leg pain. Like it's very, it can be actually incredibly painful. Yeah. Just I have random movements where I have to sit down and random movements, moments of dis, uh, dizziness. I have dealt with severe nausea and short-term memory loss. I did not lose my sense of taste or smell, but I have moments even now where I feel as though I am a hundred years old recovering from a major surgery. I'm only 50. Prior to COVID, I worked out every day, including kickboxing and hardcore yoga. Just wanted to update you and thank you for knowing that this virus is really bad and definitely not over. Sending so much love. You guys are awesome. Thank you, Susie, and take care of you. And everybody hear that. It's this whole idea of, yeah, you get it, but it's not as bad. Mad. Exactly. You know, and, and for you me, don't die. There's a lot below that that's, that's really, right. really awful. And she's on day 21 of symptoms. I just had a talk to a friend, Matt. 
uh, uh, Dwyer. Uh, he was talking about he and his wife and their two young children all had COVID at the same time. And he was like, you know, and you think about it, you, you have two working adults who have to be off from work for two weeks or three weeks. Yeah. You know, a lot of families can't take that hit. No. You can't financially take that hit. No. You know, so if there's even another reason to think about getting boosted, boosted, it's that, you know. And still wearing your mask, no matter what the mandate says, it's not saying you have to follow it. In terms of if they're saying you no longer have to wear a mask, wear it anyway. I'm mm-hmm. going to tell you, I am I'm intend to wear my mask because I've just enjoyed not getting a fucking cold. Yeah. And like that's, you know, and, and ask yourself, is this an activity I actually need to do? I'm not, we, I do understand that people want to go do things and they want to get into their lives, but we do have to do some responsible risk assessment and and keep up, keep up washing your hands and wearing your mask and, and just... Keep on top of those things. Keep you safe. Yes. And now it's time for resistance. Wrap up. up, 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 up. This is where we give you an actionable item other than what you already do, which is calling 202-221-3121. Or I hope I said that right. Um, it's the general switchboard to tell your representatives and your, your senators that you need them to vote for voting rights and that you are watching them. Yeah. Uh, we want to encourage you to go to abortionfunds.org. Yeah. Um, there's never been a more important time to support your local independent abortion fund. Yeah. Abortion funds are grassroots organizations developed to support the specific needs of their communities, whether it's funding, procedures, abortion pills, transportation and lodging when travel is required, child care, doula and emotional support or other needs voiced by people seeking abortions. Funds are finding innovative and compassionate ways to get people the abortions they want and need. And the the great thing about one of the great things about this site is if you go to abortionfunds.org, you can put in your community, like your zip code or city, and they will tell you of the places in your community that need your assistance and different ways you can give that assistance from funding, quite obviously, and perhaps even in other ways. So what we'd like to encourage you to do is is help the national network of abortion funds and, and, and help them build this network and get involved in, in some, a place that's in your community or nearby to help those around you. I'm Frances Callier. I'm Angela V. Shelton. We are Frangela. Thank you so much for listening to the final word. <laughs>